or say, well, it's certainly homosexuality. Other people might say, well, it's just, it's totally liberalism. Well, those may all be some of the great curses on America today. But the greatest curse on America today is fatherlessness. That's the greatest curse on America today. And from God's viewpoint as a father, it is deeply concerning to him. And because of that, for the fatherless issue alone, he would judge America. That's right. Because he's a father of the fatherless. And he doesn't look kindly on those who do not function in their properly proper fatherly role or on those who mistreat those who are fatherless. And so today on Viewpoint, we're going to take a look at how to deal or respond to this curse. In fact, God himself causes a curse. If you were to go back to the book of Malachi, chapter 4, you would find that God, Father God, in his great heart of compassion and concern, sent a warning message. He used the prophet Malachi as a process server, a divine process server to woo and to warn Israel and the world. It's the next to last message that God brings to the world before the second coming. And here's what he said. That before the great and terrible day of the Lord, that is the second coming, when God in his justice and judgment pours out his wrath upon the children of disobedience, he says, before that happens, I am going to send in my mercy and grace and compassion, I am going to send the spirit of Elijah the prophet to call the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to the fathers. But then he says, lest I strike the earth with a curse. Well, guess what? We're already being stricken with the curse. Have we gone too far? Have things gone so far in America that there's no way back? Is God absolutely judging America with a curse? Because of our treatment uh, as fathers or the lack of fathering in our country? These are interesting questions, and we ought to think of them very profoundly, because God is God, and he is the ultimate father, and he ain't messing around. And if we're on the near edge of the second coming, this matter of God's viewpoint on fathering ought to take us, uh, ought to cause us to be very sober and sober-minded about it. Greg Laurie, pastor of a major church there in Southern California, uh, sent out a piece, uh, oh, a while back. He said, will we become a fatherless society? He asked the question, will we become a fatherless society? You know what the answer to that is? That was two years ago. The answer to that is we have become a fatherless society. We actually have. More than half, just more than half of all American children that actually see the light of day having not been aborted, just over half of America's children who are actually born are born out of wedlock without a father in the home. Did you know that? 
This is a nation that purports to be under God, or at least continues to claim to be. Did you also know that America is the number one fatherless country in the world? Did you know that? It's hard to believe, isn't it? Fatherlessness is a curse. From the father's viewpoint, the absence or of or abandonment of fathers is a consonant curse. It's an ultimate and consuming curse on creation. And it's interesting because we're all so concerned about the climate. We're all so concerned about Mother Earth. But how about the living people that the Earth is supposed to support? Fatherlessness is the most significant family or social problem facing America today. Greg Laurie went on to say, more fathers attend church on Mother's Day than on Father's Day. And next to Christmas and Easter, Mother's Day is the highest church attendance during the year. But Father's Day is one of the lowest church attendances in the year. Isn't that interesting? So he says, unfortunately, men are not stepping up to the plate like mothers do. In general, mothers are there for their children. Meanwhile, a lot of dads are missing in action. They're MIA, missing in action. The wife says we should pray. The wife says, hey, will you read a Bible story to the kids and pray with them before they go to bed? The wife says we need to go to church. It seems that wives are taking the initiative in their families in general But dads are so important because, to a large degree, children are basing their views of God on their fathers. Fathers, we are an earthly representation or representative of God. And if we fall down on that job, how do you think God, as a father, will respond? Now, that having been said... We lay the foundation here with some probing questions, and today on Viewpoint, we're going to see what we can do. What are the consequences? There are consequences, in fact, fatal consequences of fatherlessness, but there are also spiritual consequences. So all of that being the case, there must be something that we can do in response that would please God as a father and that might just make a monumental difference in the life of our kids, and might just have a salutary effect on turning our nation around for such a time as this. What do you think? So I welcome you to Viewpoint. I'm Chuck Chris Meyer. It's conversation with ever-increasing conviction, talk that transforms, and I hope today will be no exception As Greg Laurie, pastor, said, it's time to really man up and be a man of God. Your role is important. Let's be faithful. If we husbands and fathers do what we're called to do and take the initiative to lead in our homes, it'll change our country. It could make all the difference if we would really be men of God. Be right back, friends. Will we become men of God? How about you? 
Once upon a time, children could pray and read their Bibles in school. Divorces were practically unknown, as was child abuse. In our once great America, virginity and chastity were popular virtues, and homosexuality was an abomination. So what happened in just one generation? Hi, I'm Chuck Chris Meyer, and I urge you to join me daily on Viewpoint, where we discuss the most challenging issues touching our hearts and homes. Could America's moral slide relate to the Fourth Commandment? Listen to Viewpoint on this radio station or anytime at saveus.org. Fatherless can be fatal, can be fatal. Fatherlessness can be fatal. Sociologists are noting that what we're seeing in large part are quite often the results of fatherlessness in America. A scholar with American Enterprise Institute put out a chart on fatherlessness in America, one aspect of it, and he compiled the statistics from the National Center for Health Statistics, and the chart compares the percentage of U.S. births to unmarried women by race for the year 2019. These statistics are all worse now than they were in 2019. But here were the statistics in 2019. Of all the percentage of children of various races that were born out of wedlock to born to unwed mothers, 11.7% were Asian, 28% were white, 52% were Hispanic, 69% were American Indians, and 70% were black. Today, the number for black is 72%. Now, these statistics are revealing something going on in the heart of these particular racial groups. The problem is not race itself. The problem is the culture within the race. It's what the people within the race are doing or not doing with regard to their lives, how they're conducting their lives vis-a-vis or with respect to God and his expectations. It's as simple as that. So it's not racism to announce these statistics. They're just facts. But the facts tell a story. And if we're not willing to look at the story behind the facts, there's no hope for change. So we've often heard, as the family goes, so goes society. And now you know what's happening in these various societies. Now you know why the strength of the Asian families is so much greater than the others. You'll see why the strength in uh, Hispanic families is greater than the strength in black families. You'll see why the strength in white families is greater than the strength in Hispanic, American Indian, and black families. Because there's a difference in how they're viewing their lives with respect to God and with respect to their responsibilities about their children and their sexual behavior. John Diggs, an African-American leader and doctor in Massachusetts, talked about the devastation being wrought uh, by the breakdown of the family. He said, the seeds of fatherlessness were sown in the sexual revolution. I agree with him wholeheartedly. We've been saying that for years here on Viewpoint. 
If you look at 1960, he said, it was on the order of five out of a 100 children that were born out of wedlock. Now that number is on the order of 70 out of a 100 in the black community. Actually, it's 72. Clearly, the crisis of fatherlessness can be laid at the feet of the sexual revolution, he said. One of the biggest problems with all this is viewing the father as expendable. So who's going to fill in the gap? Uncle Sam? Gang leaders? And then on top of all this, welfare transfer payments by the government rewarded those who bore children out of wedlock and punished those households where the father remained. What a nightmare. He said fatherlessness can be fatal. In fact, it's fatal to our country. It could be fatal to you spiritually. It could be fatal to your children spiritually. God holds us accountable as men to be fathers modeled after him. So, here are some of the effects of that. The reports recently are concerning the decline of boys. This is a report that's been coming out for the past five, six years. The boy crisis, it's called. A crisis of education, a crisis of mental health, a crisis of purpose. But it's a crisis of fathering. That's where the problem comes. The boy crisis is a crisis of fathering. And men and boys aren't doing well in America today. In fact, they're declining in a dramatic way in virtually every key metric. It's amazing. And that, my friends, is on the near edge of the second coming when we should be aware that we're going to be held accountable for every idle word or every word that we don't speak, that we should have. Ah, we don't think of it that way. But look, if you're a father and you told your children or child to do something and they didn't do it, and then they didn't do it again, and then they didn't do it again, what would you do as a father? Would you load sweet nothings on on the child? No, you wouldn't do that. And neither will God. He is not going to load sweet nothings on you as a father if you fail to do the basic things that he expects you and I to do as a father and as grandfathers. We're not going to skate. There is a judgment coming in which every single one, the Bible actually says, will be judged according to our works or the lack thereof. That's what the Bible says. Maybe you didn't realize that. The Bible actually does say that. That's what judgment day is about. So when your children stand before you and there's a sense in which you judge them, did you obey or did you not? Did you do what was expected in our household or did you not? 
and then they will receive some kind of favor accordingly, a response accordingly. Why is it we have such a hard time understanding that with regard to God as a father? He's a loving father, hopefully you are, but he's also a God of truth and justice and judgment. He's a God of mercy, but he also is a God that requires obedience. It's both and, just like you expect as a father of your kids. There's nothing, there's nothing uh, strange or obtuse uh, about this. It's very simple. God has made things very simple for us to understand. Children need fathers in their lives, in their homes. So, what do all the mass shooters have in common? You know what it is? No father in the home. It's one thread, the common thread. They are children of single mothers normally. The young men that had no male role models in their home for 50 years or more, our society has encouraged women to be single mothers despite all the research proving it is detrimental to a child to be born into a home without a father. Children born to single mothers are twice as likely to become delinquent. A child born to a single mother has close to a 40% chance of growing up in poverty. Children of single mothers are 14 times more likely to suffer abuse. And if we look at the recent spate of mass shooters, they all grew up in single-family homes. So we could cure an awful lot of what's going on in our society that we wring our hands about when, in fact, we're partly responsible for it. So when are we going to stop praying pretend? Or will we? And if we don't, do you think that God would then allow the natural consequences that form a kind of judgment on us to continue to unfold in America? Absolutely he will, just as he did with Israel, the apple of his eye. Absolutely he will. So the question then is, what can we do? What should we do? And it reminds me of a phrase that came from uh, Edmund Burke, back there in the 1700s in England, he said, I can't do everything, but I can do something. What I can do, I should do, and by the grace of God, I will do. Grace is not God's willingness to overlook our sin or our disobedience or our failure to act and do what he, what he desires. Grace is his enabling power for us to do his will, to fulfill his calling. Pastor Stephen Lawson, uh, several years ago, joined me on this program to talk about uh, the legacy of fathers. And he said, generally, godly children come from godly homes where godly fathers live godly lives. Let me repeat that. 
generally, not always, but generally, godly children come from godly homes where godly fathers live godly lives. So, here's a series of rhetorical questions. Is your home a godly home? Are your children really godly children? Don't answer too quickly. Are you a godly father? Do you live a godly life? You see, these are the tests, then, the fundamental tests of fathering. It's not about taking kids out to the ball game. That's a fine thing. It's not about taking them fishing. It's not about going to their football game. There's nothing wrong with those things in and of themselves. But oftentimes, dads use those things as an escape from doing that which God really wants them to do. And that's to train up their sons and their daughters in the fear of the Lord. To teach them the ways, the word, the will, and the ways of God. Not the best way to put a worm on a hook. But what if we put it off? How long can we put it off? We're already experiencing the curse. All the statistics show that we're experiencing a monumental curse in our country as a result of this, and it's embarrassing because we're the most fatherless country. The United States is the world's leader in fatherless families. We replaced Sweden all the way back in 1986. Unbelievable. America, the land of the free, is becoming only the home of the brave because of fatherlessness. Wow. This is a big deal, friends. Everybody wants to know what they can do. No, what we can do is determined by what we must be. God wants us to be true, genuine fathers and grandfathers. If we would have any hope of delivering our our country and our churches, our homes, from the curse of fatherlessness. We've got to get about this, and what we do, we need to do quickly. If we really believe that Jesus is coming soon... It's not something we can put off, is it? We can't procrastinate anymore. This is not a manana deal. We need to get about it today. So I wrote a book, Hearts of the Fathers, Leaving a Legacy That Lasts. This book is very different than most books on fathering because it is written specifically to help Christian men step up to the plate and learn how to go ahead and seize this moment for their children and their grandchildren to truly become the fathers that we think and say we want to be. Dads keep saying, well, I don't know what to do. They keep telling their wives, well, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to do it. Well, here's the answer. Parts of the Fathers. The $23 book, yours for $20, $20. 
right there on our website, saveus.org. It'll change your life and your family and your wife will rejoice. There is so much more about Chuck Chris Meyer and Save America Ministries on our website, saveus.org. For example, under the marriage section, God has marriage on his mind. Chuck has some great resources to strengthen your marriage. First off, a fact sheet on the state of the marital union, a fact sheet on the state of ministry, marriage, and morals. SaveUS.org. Marriage, divorce, and remarriage. What does the Bible really teach about this? Find all of this at SaveUS.org. Also, a letter to pastors, the Hosea Project, SaveUS.org, and many more resources to strengthen your marriage. It's all on Chuck's website, SaveUS.org. Again, you can listen to Chuck's Viewpoint broadcast live and archived. Save America Ministries website at SaveUS.org. Again, the book is Hearts of the Fathers, Leaving a Legacy That Lasts. Even the picture on the front cover will inspire you. It will help you catch a vision. That's what this is all about. Remember, without a vision, the people perish. Without a vision, men perish. Without a vision, our children are perishing because their dads either don't know what to do or refuse to do it. It's one or the other. And this book casts a vision for you. It's encouraging. It's like a coach. I used to be a coach for years. When I was uh, teaching in junior high school, I coached uh, track and field. I coached uh, uh, cross country, and I coached uh, baseball. Yeah. Coaching, encouraging. But you know what? You can't encourage somebody by just letting them get by with the stuff they're doing or not doing. A coach has to be directive, has to point out, where the team or the individual uh, can improve uh, and to encourage them, sometimes even goad them along the way to be the kind of player or athlete that they can be. And that's what I try to do here on this program. There's a sense in which I'm constantly coaching my fellow believers. Constantly. Because God wants you to be an overcomer. He wants you to win. He wants you to be successful in that which he's called you to do. And every father is called to be a father. Every grandfather is called to be a grandfather from God's viewpoint. Not from your viewpoint, not from the American culture's viewpoint, but from God's viewpoint. And he will judge us accordingly. And we're judging ourselves, actually. Because we're seeing the consequences of our failure to do what God has asked us to do as our Father. Again, the book, Hearts of the Fathers, Leaving a Legacy That Lasts. It's a $23 hardbound book, yours for $20, on our website, saveus.org, saveus.org. Call us, 1-800-SAVE-USA. That's 1-800-SAVE-USA, or write to us at Save America Ministries, P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255. Writing a check at $5 for postage and handling. 
Now, is this subject as important as Russia and Ukraine? Oh, friends, this subject is ten times more important than the subject of Russia and Ukraine. From God's viewpoint. From God's viewpoint. That's why we're talking about it here today on Viewpoint. Now, I want to have a little interlude here uh, because I need to deliver a little bit of a housekeeping uh, piece of news to our listeners in Massachusetts and Connecticut. Please listen very carefully, those of you who listen to WACE in Massachusetts and Connecticut. Today, we received news that that station that we have aired on for 22 years now has been sold. And all the programming that you have been listening to there, including this program, will no longer be available to you. Just not going to be there anymore. Now, that's very disappointing to us. So I want to give you some encouragement as to what you can do, because we have a large number of listeners in Massachusetts and Connecticut. Here's what I want you to do. Go to our website, saveus.org, saveus.org. Go click on Viewpoint, and then that'll take you, uh, there'll be a drop-down a choice there menu and you can hit viewpoint archive and you can click on one of those and it will take you to oneplace.com oneplace.com it'll automatically take you there and then what you can do is register there you'll only have to do it once you register there and you will be able to listen to this program. You'll be able to take it as a podcast. You can put it on your cell phone, take it as a podcast, and you will be able to listen anywhere, anytime, whatever you want. You won't just have to listen when you're on your way home from work or some other time. You'll be able to listen anytime, anywhere. This is a warning for you in Massachusetts and Connecticut. 22 years of building listenership there is disappearing at the end of April. After April, there will be no more viewpoint or any other programming on WACE that you have been accustomed to. All right. From time to time, we'll bring that uh, message to our listeners there in Massachusetts because they are some of the longest-term listeners that we have anywhere in the country. 22 years. All right, now, we're going to move forward and talk some more about this matter of uh, fathering and uh, father fatherlessness. A lot of people think in terms of fatherlessness, well, it's just not having a father in the home. Well, yes, that's true. That is fatherlessness. But, That's not the only kind of fatherlessness. When the Bible talks about 
God being a father to the fatherlessness, to the fatherless. What he's really talking about is children that are left as orphans. They don't have a father. Maybe they've lost their father and their mother. And God will be a father to them. And the brother of Jesus said, that is James said, this is true religion or pure religion and undefiled, that we take care of the widows in their affliction and the fatherless. He's not talking about taking care of all of the kids that are left without fathers because their mothers are engaged in sexual promiscuity. You're not talking about that. That's a curse on a country. It's a curse on a people group. It's a curse on a family, and it's a curse on all our children. And it's being promoted. You know how much it's being promoted by the statistics that show us that we repeated in the first half of this program the various racial groups in the country and their unwed pregnancy statistics. It's, it's, an, abom- it's an abomination. It's the worst curse in the country, by far. All right. So, God does not want a procrastinator. When I was in college, (laughs) one of the only papers that I ever remember the title of that I wrote was uh, The Proficient Procrastinator. And I'm not sure why I did that, but it was sort of an alliteration, proficient procrastinator. So I wrote this small paper on the proficient procrastinator. Well, most people are proficient procrastinators. Don't do today what you can put off tomorrow. Manana. And we're all prone to procrastination. Yet, procrastination, if it's a persistent habit of the mind and heart, and of our will and our emotions, it's deadly. And it's deadly if we're concerned about the destiny of our kids. So procrastination for a father is a prescription for failure. He never sees, the future never seems to seriously connect to today in, in his week. The future is always something that's elusive out there dismissed from his mind and his heart. It's there, but it'll happen one day, maybe soon. But, well, I can't be concerned about that today. So the power of procrastination can be readily seen, even measured in many of the secular areas of our lives, like in delay in savings or investment, or failure to timely pay bills, or deferred maintenance on our homes, or even a deferred care for our spouses. But in the area of our lives, in no area of our lives, is procrastination deadlier or of greater lasting effect, dads, than in our spiritual lives and in the godly training and touching of our children and grandchildren. And since God has no grandchildren, Today, today, 
defines the destiny for this generation, your generation, and mine. So we don't want to rationalize putting things off. We want to get to it. I want to share with you a little poem. Actually, it's not just a little poem. It's a, it's a song, actually, that came out by Harry Chapin back in, what was it, 1975, something like that. 1974 is when it was released. And uh, my friend, Dr. James Dobson, who was the founder of Focus on the Family, at that time, I don't think he had actually started Focus on the Family, but it was about ready to be launched. And uh, he was speaking in our congregation because he was a member of our congregation, was our Sunday school teacher. And uh, by the way, he was also one of the very first people to provide a donation for the launching of this ministry, Save America Ministries. I still kept a copy of his check, $300, back in 1993. Anyway, Dr. James Dobson read from the pulpit a poem. It's called Cats in the Cradle. I want to read that to you because it'll help us to see, in an emotional sense, the danger of procrastination. Listen up, dads. We'll be right back. Have you ever considered what the early church was like? Many people are developing a heart longing for a greater fulfillment in our practices as Christians. A recent study showed 53,000 people a week are leaving the back door of America's churches in frustration. What is going on? Why has there not been even a 1% gain among followers of Christ in the last 25 years? Could it be that God is seeking to restore first century Christianity for the 21st century? Jesus said, I'll build my church. Is Christ by his spirit stirring to prepare the church for the 21st century? The early church prayed together and broke bread from house to house. They were family, and it was said by all who observed, behold how they love one another. Incredible. But the same can be found right now. Go to saveus.org and click Sell Church. We can revive first century Christianity for the 21st century. It's about people, not programs. It's about a body, not a building. That's saveus.org. Click Sell Church. Dads, it just dawned on me, I can't think of a better gift than you could give to your wife the mother of your children, on Mother's Day than a copy of this book, Hearts of the Fathers, Leaving a Legacy That Lasts, that pledges on your behalf to be the godly father and husband, godly husband and father that she yearns for you to be. That would be the greatest gift that you could possibly, possibly, possibly ever give to your wife. You know how I know that? Because since this book came out, two-thirds of all these books have been purchased by women. That's how I know. That's the great desire of their heart. That you would be and become a truly godly father and husband. That you would be the spiritual leader of your home. Not just reluctantly go to church. 
but that you would truly catch the vision for spiritual leadership in your home. That your kids would sense that indeed, you're not just a father, you are a godly father. You are a representative of God himself, and they can trust you to be God's representation in their home, to train them. Now, there's no place for procrastination. In this poem, Cats in the Cradle will help us to understand it's gripping. This is the poem that Dr. James Dobson used across the country in the launching of Focus on the Family. Here we go. My child arrived just the other day. He came to the world in the usual way, but there were planes to catch and bills to pay. He learned to walk while I was away, and he was talking for I knew it, and as he grew, he'd say, I'm going to be like you, Dad. You know, I'm going to be like you. And the cats in the cradle and the silver spoon, little boy blue and the man of the moon, when you coming home, Dad? I don't know when, but we'll get together then. You know we'll have a good time then. My son turned ten just the other day. He said, thanks for the ball, Dad. Come on, let's play. Can you teach me to throw? I said, not today. I got to do a lot to do. He said, that's okay. And he walked away, but his smile never dimmed. Said, I'm going to be like him. Yeah. You know, I'm going to be like him. And the cats are the cradle and the silver spoon. Little boy blue and the man in the moon. When you coming home, Dad? I don't know when, but we'll get together then. You know, we'll have a good time then. Well, he came from college just the other day. So much like a man, I just had to say, Son, I'm proud of you. Can you sit for a while? He shook his head, and he said with a smile, What I'd really like, Dad, is to borrow the keys. See you later. Can I have them, please? And the cat's in the cradle and the silver spoon, little boy blue and the man in the moon. When you coming home, son? I don't know when. But we'll get together then. You know, we'll have a good time then. I've long since retired and my son's moved away. I called him up just the other day and I said, I'd like to see you if you don't mind. He said, I'd love to, Dad, if I could find the time. You see, my new job's a hassle and the kids got the flu. But it's sure nice talking to you, Dad. It's been sure nice talking to you. And as I hung up the phone... It occurred to me he'd grown up just like me. My boy was just like me. And the cat's in the cradle, and the silver spoon, little boy blue, and the man in the moon. When you coming home, son? I don't know when, but we'll get together then, you know. We'll have a good time then. Mm. We'll have a good time. Then, whenever then is, and then never comes. Time, oh good, good time, where have you gone? That was a song coming out of the 60s, I believe it was. Time, oh good, good time, where have you gone? 
time is fleeting. Men, we only have so much time. And you don't even know how much time you really have. You don't know whether you'll have time beyond the age five of your child. Either for their sake or for yours. You don't know. You don't know whether your child is going to model themselves after the gangs or after uh, those that you think are bad associations out there because you didn't provide the right godly association with your son or daughter. You didn't know that. You won't know that until it's too late. Until it's too late to say you're sorry. As the song used to say, too late to say you're sorry. And the cat's in the cradle. And the silver spoon. Little boy blue and the man in the moon. When you coming home, Dad? I don't know when. But we'll get together then. You know. We'll have a good time. Then. The trouble with boys. You see, the trouble with boys is their dads. That's the trouble with boys. It's also the trouble with girls. You see, girls are much more prone to become promiscuous when their dads are not home, when their dads are not living a godly life, when their dads are not loving their mother, when their dads are not present in real life. I'm not talking about just a physical presence in the home. I'm talking about actually engaged as a godly husband, father in the home. The majority of young ladies that end up promiscuous out there have been virtually fatherless. The boys, they're losing their place masculinely because the mothers are taking over. And you men, we men, have been lamenting about feminism and how it's depriving men. Yes, there is truth to that. But men have become AWOL. We have defaulted on the job. And God, as a father, knows it full well. And because of that, he knew exactly how it was going to be in these end times on the near edge of the second coming. And he said, look, as a father, I cannot allow this to go on without giving due process and warning to men. And so he did. In Malachi chapter 4, again, he said that before the great and terrible day of the Lord, in other words, before God begins to pour out his wrath on the children of disobedience,
He is sending forth the spirit of Elijah the prophet to call the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to the fathers. And he's speaking to you right now. You have been served, my dear friend. You have been served. Now, that's not intended to be a mean-spirited thing. But God has a controversy with his people. He has a controversy with men. He has a controversy with fathers. And he is doing his best to give due process and warning before judgment comes, before the full curse is poured out. that we get our act in order, that we would humble ourselves in repentance, confessing how we've fallen down on the job and have not attended to that which God called us to do and to be. The foremost calling in our life is not to make money. It's not to to uh, build some sort of a uh, uh, an economic repertoire that we can pass on to our children. That's incidental. The greatest legacy that we can bring and provide for our children and grandchildren is spiritual leadership. Constancy, consistency. Not just going to church. That is not enough. It's training them day by day, hour by hour. Take a look at Deuteronomy chapter 6. We should be talking of the word when they lie down, when we rise up, when we sit down to a meal, when we walk by the way. There are so many, many, many teachable moments and opportunities. Quite frankly, I have to admit that I have found some of the most rewarding experiences of my whole life doing just those things that seem to be so little, seem to be in, insignificant in and of themselves, but it's line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little and there a little, sharing yourself, opening up, pouring out yourself to your sons and your daughters. It's called Discipling for Destiny. And that's one of the things, one of the pillars of this program, friends. Discipling for Destiny. Helping people to walk in the word, the will, and the ways of the Lord. To please Him. To be successful in our lives. Fulfilling all of the calling that God has in our lives. And friends, fathering is a very very high calling. Today, if you will hear his voice, don't harden your heart. Don't play pretend with God and say, well, I'll get around to it. Don't allow yourself to resist because you didn't want to hear or 
you did want to hear, and you're, you, you realize God is speaking to you today, but you know what your tendency is. You know what all of our tendencies are, and that is to procrastinate. No. Today is the first day of the rest of your life, and the first day of the rest of the life of your kids and your grandkids. Oh, my goodness. Grandfathers, please do not pass up this opportunity. It's not about just fun and games. That's fine, but it's more than that. It's a sharing of your life as a godly man. God the Father tried to pour himself out through his Son. That's why he sent Jesus. God wants to pour himself out through you too, my friend, through all of us as men and grandfathers. Let's seize the moment. Let's be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving our own selves and bringing destruction upon our kids. This is our moment. You and I are called to the kingdom for such a time as this. Get a copy of the book, Hearts of the Fathers, Leaving a Legacy That Lasts, a $23 hardbound book, yours for $20 on the website, saveus.org. Get a copy, ladies, for Father's Day. Men, get a copy for Mother's Day. Give it to your wife and sign in and say, I pledge to do this in our family. You've been listening to Viewpoint with Chuck Grissmeyer. Viewpoint is supported by the faithful gifts of our listeners. Let me urge you to become a partner with Chuck as a voice to the church declaring vision for the nation. Join us again next time on Viewpoint as we confront the issues of America's heart and home.